Lean Six Sigma tools have been successfully applied to the manufacturing industry for years. Can you apply it to your own office? This is the Business of Medicine. I'm Dr. Larry Kaskill, your host. My guest today is Owen Dahl, president of Owen Dahl Consulting, a firm that specializes in medical practice management. And we will be discussing the practical application of Six Sigma principles to patient scheduling. Owen, welcome back to the show. Well, thank you, sir. It's nice to be back. I'd like to start, if you will, with a simple explanation or definition of what Six Sigma is, because I am not familiar with it. Well, Six Sigma is a a mathematical phrase, but basically the idea and application for the business environment is to suggest that there is a way that we can measure successfully processes and identify what we would call defects in those processes. And a defect could be something that is broken, something that is wasteful, something that's redundant. It means that there are steps along the way in doing processes that we would have in our offices that, in fact, don't work well. And is the goal to get the defect rate down to as close to zero as possible? Uh, Yes, that's true. Six Sigma itself, of course, speaks to 3.4 defects per million occurrences. And obviously, we're not going to be, well, it would be great if we could, but chances are we're not going to be successful in doing that. I mean, I could do that myself, but I have to rely on office staff to help. Well, I realize you're perfect, but yes, I mean, you have to have a team of folks to be involved. And that's the key to this, is that you, as the leader of your practice, adopt the philosophy, take a look at it, and then see what you can do to make sure that these defects don't occur or don't repeat. Can you give me an example of how Six Sigma is used in the rest of the world, for example, airline industry? Well, the, the airline industry is pretty fascinating when you, when you think about it, because if of a million passenger miles, a million flights, something like that, we had 3.4 errors, that would be a very high rate of issues. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I certainly don't want to be one of those 3.4 in that millionth flight. On the other hand, so, so I think they're very successful there, but on the other hand, the, the issues of lost luggage. And, right. I was just going to say, have they applied Six Sigma to finding my luggage? No, but the point on that is is that what they did and, and what we need to do in the practice of medicine is to take a look at what our, our real value is and what things we can offer to our patients that make the most sense. So the thing that we're talking about with airlines is safety. Right. And clearly, safety and customer service are important parts of what we do in our medical practices on a daily basis. So if we focus on what our purpose is and what our mission is with the application of the Six Sigma concept, that makes sense. And, and just to, to add one more comment, and I think it's important that we think about this as a concept, not as an absolute. Mm-hmm. And if we have to buy into the philosophy that there are wasted things that we do in our practices on a daily basis that we probably don't have to have, we need to find a way to fix them. All right. So let's get into the actual details. When you go into a practice, what do you see as the most inefficient area that that this application would apply itself to? Well, there, there are a number of them, but one of my favorite ones to look at is the concept of scheduling. Because scheduling, frankly, and, and, and don't take this wrong, doctor, but you know, scheduling is probably the most important thing you have in your practice, even above you. Because if you don't get your patient scheduled, you don't have anything to do. Agreed. Agreed. And I don't take it the wrong way. The problem is, you know, the front office staff is making decisions in scheduling patients. And I, sh- I would probably be the, the best one to know how much time this patient needs, but I can't be answering the phones. Well, then one of the things that to directly respond to that is that you need to take some leadership and say, here's a triage list mm-hmm. of the types of patients that I'm going to see on a routine basis. And therefore, what our goal is, is to schedule routinely, and, and we can use Pareto as another principle here, but you know, 80% of the patients you see are going to be fairly routine. 
Right. And, and they might have three different parameters within which they would be measured, whether this be a, a, a basic visit, an intermediate visit, or a very complex visit, something like that, that you would tell your staff, here's what you need to look at. But beyond that, one of the things that Six Sigma talks about is to take a look at what those defects are and see whether or not we can fix those. So assuming you set the premise with your triage model, then you stop and take a look at it and measure the effectiveness of what you set forth find out what those defects are and see what you can do then to fix them. All right, so you, you threw out another term there, Pareto, and that's as Greek to me as Six Sigma. So can you, can you tell us what Pareto or who he was? <laughs> Pareto was, a, I believe, a Greek from centuries ago who had the premise that 80% of the issues that we have are caused by 20% of the occurrence. Oh, so he's the 80-20 guy. He's the 80-20 guy. Wow. Yeah. So that's what we're looking for is that, in principle, when you stop and take a look at it, there are repetitive defects that occur in these practices, in your practice. And, and what you want to do is to try to identify those repetitive things, fix the top one or two without trying to fix the entire system, and then go into another premise or principle, which I would call continuous improvement. So if I can fix that 80% and then take another look at it, say, three months from now, and find still having problems, but the problem that I saw, the initial problem or two that I saw, got fixed, then my defect rate drops dramatically. Now, you mentioned earlier that this really has to start with the physician or the practice leader, and if they're really not on board, then it won't work. Then I would forget it, and I think you're wasting time. So a practice manager coming in and saying, all right, doctor, you have to do this, odds are it won't work. The doctor has to buy in. That's correct, because one of the things that we have to have is that leadership that says, this is what I'm going to do. And, and again, a physician in this capacity is the producer. And as a producer, it's just like on a, a, a pilot on an airline or a an individual on the assembly line at Ford or General Motors. Each one of those players are very important, and they have to do their part, just like you as a physician have to do your part to make sure that the system works. If you've just joined us, you're listening to The Business of Medicine on ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Larry Kaskill, and my guest today is Owen Dahl, president of Owen Dahl Consulting, and we're talking about the real-life application of Six Sigma principles to patient scheduling. So let's go a little deeper into patient scheduling. Assuming that everyone is on board and they're buying in, if we start with just defining the problem, what can we actually measure and analyze? Well, you can measure and analyze a number of aspects of the scheduling process. I mean, just looking at scheduling alone, it's taking the theory of a 15-minute slot. Did we get four patients in? Did we get six patients in? Did they get in in a timely manner? Then did they get to the physician in a timely manner? And I think if we, if we start to analyze the entire process, we start with scheduling, but the scheduling has to make it right for when you, as the physician, are walking into the exam room. Mm-hmm. You need to be there timely. We don't want you to have any wasted time, and we don't want to have you scrambling around looking for a report or needing a set of gloves or a tongue depressor or something basic like that. We need everything to be in place for you. So each one of those components really fall back to, did we schedule properly, and then do you have the support staff to make your schedule work? So I have a question, Owen. I am a a very strange physician. I actually like to run on time, and if not, be a little early. And so I find myself waiting outside the patient room for the nurse to be done so I can go in. So I'm thinking, I got a problem here. I am not scheduling enough patients per hour, or I need another assistant to get people roomed. Or there's something else going on. And, and I'm this ins- is, or I'm insane. Well, 
I'm not going to argue that one, but <laughs> let's let's pretend like you are saying okay, and and that you you yourself are efficient, but the support structure that's around you is not, mm-hmm. and and that's where Six Sigma stops and says, well, let's take a serious look at this entire process, and it it could be scheduling in that you shouldn't schedule every 15 minutes, maybe you should schedule every 10 minutes and see six patients instead of four or something like that. But more importantly, that medical assistant or nurse who's helping you on the front end might be tied up on the back end. In other words, you may have just seen another patient and now they're, they're busy scheduling the patient right. for a diagnostic procedure or something like that or another visit, taking their time on the back end and then not having enough time on the front end to prep the patient for you to be able to see them in the exam room. Okay, so solve my problem. I mean, do I need, I mean, I'm there and I, I see the problem, I realize it, but it sounds like I need a consultant to tell me what time it is and tell me what to do. Well, I mean, obviously I'm a consultant, so I'd, I'd like to say, of course, that's the solution. But I don't know that that always is the solution because number one component of this is, to, is the awareness of it. Right. And, and so what we want you to do is we want you to think through the scheduling process and the visit process, meaning that there are, I would define it five steps. You've got the check-in, you've got the prep by the MA to get mm-hmm. the exam to the exam room. They've got your time in the exam room as number three. Number four is the exit from the exam room, and then they reschedule or schedule or diagnostic, whatever we do, and then the checkout. Each one of those are almost like we're on an assembly line. And if one works and two works and three works and four works and five works, we're in good shape. But if there's a bottleneck at two or a bottleneck at four, it has a big impact on the rest of the process. So, so you need to be aware of that, and you should tomorrow when you go back to your office or today when you take a look at your office, you should actually say, I wonder if maybe the back end piece isn't causing me more problems toward the front end because I've got too much of a burden on the back. So it just throwing an employee at it may not work. I may need to either fix my systems, maybe I can do an EMR, maybe I can do some other di- or electronic components and so on, or maybe instead of saying I need another MA, maybe I could be better off with a clerical staff to help me do the scheduling on the back end. You don't know that right now, and you and I could theorize on this all day long, but until you stop and take a look at that and say, okay, what are my defects? Where is my biggest bottleneck? And then what can I do to measure that. In Six Sigma, what we're talking about is actually measuring it. So what we're trying to do is to identify that 80% result from the 20% problem, see if we can identify that, fix that one or two little pieces, and then continually work to fix it until the entire process is as smooth and as efficient as you want it. But I'm a physician, and I just want to kind of make an executive decision, and, and I think that's what a lot of doctors do. They don't, we don't know how to sit and analyze the flow of our office, and I think, oh, I just, all I have to do is get another person there and get the patient in, and I'll be able to see an extra patient an hour, and that would, one patient would pay for that person's staff for the day. Yeah, and, you know, you're, you're right. That's logical to think that through, because if you get 60 bucks for a patient visit mm-hmm. and you pay an employee 50, you know, you're, you're ahead of the curve. But I would argue that throwing that employee at it or another employee at it may be, yes, it's an alternative, but it may not be the best alternative. So here again, I'd go back to perhaps another set of eyes, yeah. train your practice manager on some of these theories. And just as a sidelight, I, I did a quick study. It took a look at the number of primary care physicians in the country, assumed that every primary care physician would be efficient enough to see one more patient four days a week, 48 weeks out of the year. If we trained everybody in the country to understand that system, we could eliminate our issue of the uninsured and the visits to the emergency rooms and so on. Wow, that's that's an impressive statistic. It could be fixed just by us in our business 
thinking business and getting ourselves more efficient. All right. So what would be the next critical process in terms of scheduling that we haven't discussed? The next critical process in terms of scheduling that we haven't discussed, I guess, goes back to each of those components. For example, we talked about the efficiency of you in the exam room Mm -hmm. and being either prepared for or being able to deal with the orders that you have post-visit. Well, I would even, let's go to the front desk and, and address what goes on at the front desk. Maybe we have a system in place that's not work doesn't work in terms of getting good demographic information or getting the kind of thing that we want to have so that we can collect at the time of visit and so on. So we've got aspects of that scheduling part or the components that fit in there that, that aren't working as well as they should either. has nothing to do with you in the exam room, but could be a cause of the delay that mm-hmm. we have in terms of getting that patient ready for you and get you in a position where you're not collecting the money that you should be able to collect. Well, every time I talk to you, I think I need to hire you for a week, and uh, I still may do that. Owen Dahl of Owen Dahl Consulting, thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, thank you, Dr. Caskell. I hope this helped you and, and uh, our, all of our listeners. I'm Dr. Larry Caskell, and you've been listening to the Business of Medicine on ReachMD XM 160, the channel for medical professionals. Please visit our website at ReachMD.com, which now features our entire library through on-demand podcasts. And thanks for listening.